Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today Members Podcast on Friday, 1st of March. The 1st of March means February's ended. It means the results season is over. Thank goodness for that. I've written an article today called Dinners in the Dog, which is a month in the life of a stockbroker analyst. February is purgatory for a big broker analyst. That's why they get paid the big bucks for working all night in order to get their research ready for the morning. And you might just be interested in why they earn the big bucks and why they get home at 3am to a note on their kitchen bench saying the dinner's in the dog. If we're into March, it means February has finished. Let's have a look at the scores on the doors in February. It was an okay month. ASX 200 up 0.2% yawn, and it's up about 7% this financial year so far. But in February, of course, it was all about big tech. It was all about NVIDIA results. And the S&P 500 was up 5.2% smashing Australia. NASDAQ up 6.1% smashing Australia as well. And the FANG ETF was up 10.1% in February, which, of course, we hold in the strategy portfolio. So happy about that. You might have seen something I put in the weekend email about the S&P 500 since 2009, which, of course, was the bottom of the market post the global financial crisis. Since then, the Nasdaq has returned, sorry, not the Nasdaq, the S&P 500 has returned 14.8% compound. If I was to tell you that the equity market was going to return 14.8% compound for over a decade, you would borrow billions of dollars and invest it. That's what the US market has done, largely thanks to big tech. And that has taken it up about 640% since 2009. Now, the Australian market, over the same period since the bottom in 2009 post the GFC, the Australian market is up a whopping 147%. So we have been absolutely destroyed by the US markets over the last decade, thanks to big tech, of course. And it does tell you that anyone in Australia who is in retirement running a 20-stock portfolio of predictable stock picks really needs to lift their gaze to economies with better growth options than Australia. We have 25% of our market in banks, which are non-growth stocks. We have 25% in resources, which are highly volatile. And then we have the rest in a tiny tech sector and a whole bunch of industrials, a lot of utilities, which are low growth, and infrastructure stocks, low growth, and REITs, low growth. If you want a life-changing investment profile, you should investigate the options in exchange-traded funds, which give us an easy exposure to overseas growth stocks. What else happened in February? Oil price was down 4%. Aussie dollar was down 1%. Iron ore price was down 7.2%. Worth noting that the resources sector in February was down 6.55%. So that's the big end of our market on the back of a 7% drop in the iron ore price. Coal price was down 6% as well. And in the metals, nickel up 8%. Copper down 2%. Zinc and aluminium down 4 And nickel was coming out of a hole. Best performing sector, information technology. And that was on the back of big tech, of course, in the US. But that put wise tech. Can you believe we hold wise tech, by the way? Can you believe up 29% in February, Block up 17% and Zero up 15%. We also saw stocks we hold, Wes Farmers up 14%, Cochlear up 
16%, Goodman Group up 16%, and stocks going down, Fortescue Metals down 13%, BHP down 7%, Rio down 7%, Woolworths down 9% after those disappointing results, and Newmont down 12.8%, Amcor down 6%. Anyway, you can see all that in the newsletter. Main point being, resources went down, banks were okay, up 3% as a sector, resources went down, banks were up, technology kicked the lights out. That's the message from February. As I'm sure you saw overnight, SPY futures were up 20. We've got a few ex-dividends today. Sonic Healthcare, ASX, Mineral Resources, Ampol, Clean Away, AMP, to name a few. No results today. We're having a bit of a look at Harvey Norman. Haven't bought it up 5.4% since results yesterday. Still reveling in some of the stocks we hold this week. Next DC up 13.9% since results this week. Wallies up 9.9%. Coles up 7.6%. Perpetual down at 3.8%, one of the stocks we hold. I know a lot of you have been emailing saying, when are you going to do this revamp of the income portfolio? We will be doing it just as soon as these stocks go ex-dividend. We are checking our numbers as we speak. So we'll be doing some rejigging next week. What that will involve is just exiting a few of the stocks we hold after they've gone ex-dividend, exiting a few of the stocks we hold, and almost certainly putting that money into banks and particularly although the CBA has gone ex-dividend particularly ANZ NAB Westpac ahead of the next results season coming up in two or three months time nothing too dramatic but I think we have sat on a few stocks trending down for a little bit too long overnight I'm sure you saw the PCE price index numbers are in line with expectations so no real inflation fears in the US after those numbers and bond yields tickled off just a tiny bit and some of the Fed speak was about rate cut coming this year. In big tech, AMD chip maker was up 9%, NVIDIA up 2%, and Dell is up 16%, maybe less than that now, 16% after hours on better than expected results after hours. Goldman Sachs says the Magnificent 7 is a crowded trade at risk of a violent unwind. Chinese market bounced 2% yesterday, Bitcoin up 2% overnight, having rallied 6% the day before. Lots of emails about Bitcoin and what I was saying about it yesterday in the podcast. So macro backdrop, really quite good. Inflation trending in the right direction. The ASX 200's hidden intraday all-time high today. Looks like it'll close at an all-time high. Doing a lot of work around the resistance level that's been in place for three years now. We've hit it six times and backed off. We've hit it again and kept going up, trickling up. I can't help feeling, and a lot of strategists are writing about it, can't help feeling the markets are a little bit pumped up at the moment to a point that you wouldn't be saying it's an obvious buy. Markets have also run out a bit of a bit of momentum since November. And even though we're hitting an all-time high, can't help feeling that with no particular news flow ahead, results seasons are over here and in the US. It's hard to think what the catalyst is that's really going to kick us along from here. So we are climbing the wall of no worries or inching up the wall of no worries, but just a bit shy of getting stuck in. I think if the market fell over from here, we'd all be turning around saying, yeah, yeah, we knew that was going to happen, but it just hasn't happened yet. So we're still happily holding in the strategy portfolio. I've sort of written up the strategy portfolio today. We're up about 4.5% so far this year, having been up 34.25% last year, thanks to three simple decisions. Our only decision this year has been stay fully invested, which we were as we rolled into this year. Hopefully that's all we have to do, just stay fully invested. It's supposed to be a low stress portfolio. But what 
what I would say is even if we saw the market falling over, I don't think this portfolio is designed to trade the 5% moves in the market. It's designed to take advantage of bull markets and avoid precipitous moments. I can't see any catalyst for a precipitous moment. Of course, they can appear very quickly, the X factors. But for the moment, happy-go-lucky, riding the wave, fully invested. Even though our market's hitting all-time highs, the US market's doing a lot better this year. NASDAQ's up 17% this financial year. S&P 500 up 14%. We're only up 7%. So we've got a 70% weighting to US markets at the moment. Very happy with that. Our Indian exposure, NDIA, up 0.3%, like everything else. Stalled. What else today? Uranium stocks coming off the top, which is irritating because we bought Boss Energy in the ideas portfolio yesterday. Got the wrong code on that chart. Shouldn't be BOR, should be BOE. Still holding that. Lots of ex-dividends on Monday. Nick Scarly, real estate investment, sorry, REA Group, as they now call it, Net Wealth, a few others. A bank, a Bendigo and Adelaide bank director just bought $1.48 million worth of stock and the stock's ticked up on the charts. Some interest. And Lendlease, we bought that in the ideas portfolio recently. A director just bought $61,000 worth of stock. We keep asking each other, why aren't we in Macquarie, which is going up? I've put a chart in of when we bought it, when we sold it, when we bought it, when we sold it. We sold it after that CPI number a couple of weeks ago, which spooked us out of the market. We haven't got back in yet and it's kept tickling up. I'm just feeling it's a bit toppy. The whole market's a bit toppy at the moment, so haven't bought back into that. I've written up lithium today. You probably saw SQM, which is second largest lithium producer in the world, had results overnight and was up 8%. All the lithium stocks, the big lithium stocks, international lithium stocks shot up last night. So are lithium stocks beginning to move as well? There was also a small rise in the lithium price. SQM were saying that they are going to continue to expand production because they are seeing a 20% increase in volumes in the last year. Expect that to continue into next year. They say global volumes will rise for lithium demand will rise 20% next year. So even though the price has come off a lot, demand is up and that eventually this price weakness will sort itself out. And they talk in particular about an upside risk to prices from delays in new projects without naming which lithium companies are probably going to cancel projects. And they say lithium demand over the next decade will grow fourfold. We picked up, or Oliver picked up, on the bounce in Pilbara Minerals and Mineral Resources a few days ago in the technical section. And we discussed buying Pilbara for a trade and decided that without the lithium price going up, it was just wind. So we did nothing about it. That was a mistake. We're now questioning whether we do something about the gain. But PLS and MIN are overbought. I'm not going to lead you into a trade in two overbought stocks because it's just a gamble at this point. Whether this short-term rally in lithium can turn into a major pivot point or not, I don't know. But there's not a lot of change in the lithium price dynamics. Just a optimistic long term optimistic result from SQM and a small short-term tick up in the lithium price. As Henry points out though, it has been going on since the 20th of February. Maybe it is a pivot point. Either way, we'll leave it to Henry to play the game. We have not bought PLS or MIN yet. I also put at the bottom of that article the heads up that four directors of IGO have just bought stock on market. Interesting. And that share price has been ticking up as well. That hit a low recently of 675 
time. It's 8.33, 10 days later. All right, that's about it. Breathing a sigh of relief after the results season. We can get back to thinking rather than reporting. I was talking yesterday about Bitcoin. I've had a few emails about Bitcoin ETFs in Australia. One member is trading ETFs in the US, BITO and BITI. And Ken suggests EBTC. That is a Global X who are reputable. Global X ETF delivers efficient access to Bitcoin in a single trade without the worry of losing the private key to your wallet. Provides holders an interest in Bitcoin held in cold storage by Coinbase. Started in May 2022, charges a fairly high 1.25% management fee. Only $69 million worth of holdings at the moment. And the total return is 165% over a year and 55% over a month. Thank you very much. Anyway, EBTC is the 21 shares Bitcoin ETF from GlobalX. Right, that's about that today. That's all the education you get, I'm afraid. Coming up next week, lots of ex-dividends, as I've mentioned. No really major ones, has to be said. Standard economic stuff. We've got some Chinese PMI numbers on Tuesday, a fourth quarter GDP number from Australia on Wednesday. Wednesday. And we've got the US jobs numbers on Friday. We've got a European Central Bank decision on Thursday night. Powell gives his semi-annual testimony to the Senate Banking Committee on Thursday. And Biden gives the State of the Union address on Friday. Not much on the corporate front. An AMP AGM and a Monodelphas Investor Roadshow. I'm sure there's more than that. That's all I've found so far. As I leave you, our market has been up 39. It's only up 7 at the moment. It's been down 2 at worst. Cochlear down 3.9%, losing what it gained yesterday. That has taken the healthcare sector down 1.6%. Resources up 0.8%. Financials pretty much unchanged. Technology stocks still going up and gold stocks have got zero up another 4.3%. They had a investor roadshow yesterday. I haven't seen any research yet. I have looked for it, but I imagine it was quite positive. And the other feature today, well, we've also got Wally, which we hold up 3.8%. But the other feature today is lithium, we've got LTM up 8.8%, Pilbara Minerals up 3.6%, Linus Rare Earths up 3.3%, Quarry Technology, which we hold up 6.2%. NIB Holdings, which we hold up 3.5%. And that'll probably do you. You have a fabulous day. I will be back tomorrow with the weekend email.